The following presentation of the Eric McKenna Project is sponsored by no one. Hello, you're listening to the Eric McKenna Project. beginning of 2022 obviously it's crazy <laughs> but you've seen a lot of growth in your business last year right yeah man all, all, since the pandemic started that's that's what changed everything for us um it's a positive right yeah no I, I i look at it from a standpoint we had to make a decision when the pandemic first started and we were still you know f- we were four years in at that point so we we're still grinding it out every single day was just trying to get something rolling and trying to get the, the business to a point of like hey paying off debt getting the debt down hiring people expanding making our manufacturing better all mm-hmm. those things um and then you know with the um the mask business we launched yep. one, we were one of the first companies in the country to do that and that spiraled us financially in a situation to pay some debt off to you know put money away to live off of that without without any stress so for the first time in my my journey that was the the first time financially i was i didn't have to worry about the dollar and then as soon as that started shifting you know the right people started coming into our life from a team perspective friend perspective supporters of our business perspective and then man we've ever since then you get through the pandemic then pittsburgh or pennsylvania finally opened up in what june july of of, june july yeah. yeah of uh 2021 and then we had a great month and then it got better and then quarter four we just kind of blew it out of the water and it was it was pretty surreal to to see like holy shit this worked like six years this finally got to that point of we're here now how high can we take this i want to talk a little bit about um courage within the entrepreneurial journey uh, I, I know when you say fear and courage and so forth, it's kind of natural. People say, oh, well, yeah, of course, there's first fear of change and all that. But I think it's beyond that. I think yeah. it's about the fear I'm talking about is the real fear of like, this is my entire being. This is my well-being. This is my way to earn money, to survive, to feed myself. And all of that is hanging in the balance. That kind of fear is a little different than making the right car choice right. or buying the right peanut butter at the store. It's a different thing. Yeah. That most people will never be in a position to have to make those kind of decisions. It's pretty it's pretty weighty. And I think that knowing a little bit about your story from our prior talk, I know that you've had those moments. That fear is real. Am For I sure. right? Am For I sure. right? It's the um, ultimate character tester, builder, whatever you want to call it. Um it's it's you know when you have to make a decision hey i you know i need to start liquidating assets or i need to every other month i was like all right time to put my house on the market time to go move into a downsized get rid of this sell this do i sell my van do i sell this um and for three and a half to four and a half well probably four and a half years it was constantly trying to figure out what do i do to, to allow myself to breathe for 30 more days. So for me, it was 30 days at a time, 30 days at a time. Um, you know, and I, there were, I could tell you 15 to 20 times I've called friends of mine, like, hey, I think it's time to put my house on the market. What do you think I can get for it? Um, knowing deep down I didn't want to do that, but if it got dark enough, I at least had equity into my house that mm-hmm. I could pull that, and then I knew that would buy me another 12 months, another two years, or whatever it would be without really having to stress. Um, so that was kind of like the really the saving grace on on that side of it from the, the mentality standpoint was I always had something else I could do. And I could have, you know, I could have called my parents for help. I just, it wasn't my thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, when we started the business, I, I didn't see eye to eye with my folks. So I didn't want to, it was an ego thing. I didn't want to ask them for help. Right. Um, and anybody that I did ask for help, I, I, I wouldn't take anything for free. I wanted it to be a business transaction, right. whether it was a loan, whether it was whatever. I, I want to pay you back because I want to do this the right way from the beginning mm-hmm. to the end. But the biggest thing for me was I just, 
I always knew I could figure it out. I didn't know if that was 10 years, 20 years, five years, 12 months, whatever it would be. I just knew that if I kept working hard and I kept treating people well, doing what's right, doing all those things, that was that was a must. And then I would look at the numbers. I'd, I'd hey, we're growing, we're growing. We're not making much money because I was making mistakes. The margins weren't where we mm-hmm. where I thought they were. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know the numbers. Yeah, rework intrinsically with what you do, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And so it was just a lot of it was just kind of balancing and and also. The currency that I had in the beginning, and I might have talked about this before, was that relationship currency. Mm-hmm. So when when times are tough and things are really really dark for you, and someone says, "Man, I, that's the best suit I ever had," or "That's the best jacket I've ever had," or "The best whatever," mm-hmm. that's enough for me to say, "All right, I, I, I'm doing this for the right reason." Validation. Yeah, and and hey, keep going because if someone, if one person thinks that, and they're coming from a competitor of mine or they're just a suit wearer in general and they're making that type of statement that means there's other people out there that could feel the same way 100 financial stress is interesting because when you hear folks that are living paycheck to paycheck uh, there's a, a level of a stress involved with that with an entrepreneur it's what much worse but i think we it's not fully understood when you're paycheck to paycheck at least you reasonably know that you're on some kind of salary or some kind of wage arrangement, there's a paycheck coming. Yep. You may not have much left at the end, but there's something there. With entrepreneur, there's no <laughs> financial stress. I mean, when you say you're making it 30 days in a chunk, because I was there in the beginning of my the guitar business, I, I remember, 30 days in a chunk is way more different because I had lived paycheck to yep. paycheck years prior. Much different. Yeah, <laughs> it's a... It's a Look, even this month, I mean, what, it's the 12th, 13th, whatever, January, mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. and I don't know what business is coming in this month. I don't know what business is coming in next month. I don't know. We could sell nothing next month, and right. you know, but we've built up a reputation enough. We do the marketing, the advertising, so now we're at a point where we can have a pretty good gauge of what's happening, so I have zero fear of um, you know what's right. coming next month. It's just how do we make it better, uh, but in the beginning, it's damn, like, I'm I'm fighting tooth and nail to just sell one suit at a time, one suit mm-hmm. at a time, and um, it's a it's a it's a mental battle. It's a really really difficult mental battle to have because everything is on you. Mm-hmm. Everything um, mm-hmm. doesn't matter what the teammates are doing. Uh, doesn't matter what the how much money is in your account. Uh, doesn't matter what obstacles you have coming up. You are the one that the decisions that you make. Put your are names gonna, on it. Yeah. It's going to steer the ship. Yeah, and that's, and that's until um, I always say if somebody does not have an understanding of entrepreneurship, that's fine because it's definitely not for everybody. Um, it's a, it's a it's a choice, but until you have your name and your reputation on your livelihood, unless you're unless you're doing that, you really don't understand. Yeah. You try to can you try to explain it, but until I mean it's a it's a completely different thing. Yeah, that that's why like my thing is, I love entrepreneurs. I just naturally gravitate towards right. them. There's the respect that you have for somebody without knowing the day to day of what they go through, without knowing uh, their personal situation, their business situation, whatever it may be. There's some feeling that you get that you can't explain, and maybe it's because I've lived this situation before and I can put myself in their shoes and I understand the frustrations because those are things you don't learn in life Mm -hmm. unless you do those. Um, School can't teach you entrepreneurship. Uh, Life can teach you entrepreneurship, and that's powerful because... We don't even try anymore. I mean, we, I remember when I was younger, there was a JA Junior Achievement. I don't, I don't even know if that stuff even exists anymore. Yeah, I, I think they're still around. Um, I don't know anything about them. I've I've heard the name yeah. been brought up before, yeah. and I don't know what they do. Don't know anything about them. But you know, when you go through life, schooling so traditional. Like this is what you do. This is what you do. Then the older you get, it's like all right, you got to get down this path that everybody else is doing more and more instead of dream and create your own thing and build something on your own. So we're groomed to not think the way that entrepreneurs think society pushes you to, point. to not to not be that way good point very good point 
right it's, it's as you get older like you know you're like no 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 this is the path you're supposed to go go to college then you start out at this corporation and you put your name on their or their their name on your resume and that's a resume builder then you hope to use that to leverage getting in front of another company then you can use their name as your resume builder and that's then the path that's right? the path and it's like that's the path I'll, I'll tell you, I think about this all the time. The I think the biggest collapse that we're going to have at some point is the college education system that we have. Is I think it's a complete joke. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the things that they don't teach you about life is just mind blowing to me. And same thing with high school. Our education it's a system. Start there, really, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, even balancing checkbooks. Like, how much did you talk about that in school? Not much at all. Um, just simple things of life and managing and do this. But you know. If you if you look at the way colleges are going and you fifty thousand a year seventy thousand bucks a year, I mean you're in debt for forty years thirty five years, and the system is okay with that. Yeah, they want it. That's hey, keep feeding me. People are people are making a lot of money for this. A lot of money. Yeah, it, 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 the whole college system is going to break down at some point in time. Um, and, and the reality of it is, for as important as uh, college education can be. In, in society what's way more important is traditional grade school middle school and high school in terms of formulating and building our society that's way to me yeah. way more important than secondary education it yeah. just is but we don't put the emphasis there yeah i think you know we're we're at a weird time where uh, i think s- certain influential people like gary v's of the world yeah. um i think the access to data and information is happening at a younger age. The shows like Shark Tank, mm-hmm. um, the popularity of that for twenty mm-hmm. years yeah, or so—it's it's, almost twenty years now. Yeah, it's been been a long time. And so you look at things like that; those to me are great, great um, indicators of change for society. Um, because a good look, everybody can be influenced, and we live in a world where it's like, hey, I want to learn what I want to learn, and you start naturally gravitating towards things that are happening. And the the younger generations, I do truly think that they're going to come up and really change the way things are um you know the opportunities structure you mean structure yeah yeah Yeah, i think um you know i i think at some point there's you're just too saturated with information on what's out there and what you could potentially do and the problem with social media is there's a lot of bullshit and a lot Mm -hmm. of fake stuff and Mm -hmm. so you can get bamboozled or fooled in some capacity but when you look at the authentic people that are the the builders the 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 elon musks of the world that are truly changing and revolutionizing the way the world's done you you, they're they're hitting enough people i think where at some point there's going to be some form of a shift now that's probably 10% of the population or 5% of the population. Right. The majority is still going to always be the majority. Talk a little bit about the way the markets are changing for even in your industry because traditional clothing industry, I would imagine if you were to sit down with, um, if you were to get an audience, I don't know, with uh, Ralph Lauren, mm-hmm. you know, and you would sit and talk to him and just talk about even things like distribution and all that. It's got to be a world of difference from the 70s and 80s and 90s compared to how it's done today. Is it more, is, is in your business more direct to the client? Is there more of that as opposed to, um, you know, a, a typical retail structure? Yeah, I think I think the big thing is we're you're going to see some changes in purchasing clothing that are going to be mind blowing. Um, from a, and Amazon's going to be the one that that probably changes. I, they're already working on some interesting things where, hey, we're going to you know, and there's some subscription services that do this, but um, hey, we're going to send you a bunch of stuff and what you know, whatever you don't send, you keep that type of things already happening. I've seen that. Um, but what do you what do you personally think about that? Uh, it's not my scene right now. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I'm starting to do everything on Amazon, which I, I wasn't that way before. I'm starting to buy groceries online yeah, now. Me, me as well. Um, and those were things that I was like, eh, I like going to do this. But then when you realize the time value that you save, mm-hmm. that's where you – that when you understand time, when you understand the value of your, of your minutes and your hours throughout the day and what you can accomplish by focusing, focusing that on something else, or if you just want to just sit there for an hour and not do anything right. instead of go get groceries, right. that's a mental rewind for me or a reset for me. So there's different ways that I'm now living my life. There's something with Amazon where they're doing like, I wish I, I remember Derek was telling me about this the other day, but they're doing something where they're totally changing the way that you can pay for clothing 
as well. Um, and I, 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 shame on me for not knowing that off the top of my mind, but it was something I wanted to bring up to you. Um, but you there, you make a monthly subscription thing? No, no? it's, it's, um, shit. That's all right. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'll, I'll think of it by the end of the end of the episode, okay. and we could revisit that. But okay. um, they're doing something that we try for our marketing business. That I have, we're trying to get a couple of our clothing companies to em- embrace this. Got it. Um, and they're a little hesitant. Uh, they're older people that are just kind of like, "Hey, we like what we're doing." Um, but if Amazon's on the on the front of it, it's going to be uh, something interesting. I, I wish I remember what that was right now, but I'll, I'll think of it by the end of the show for sure. If you were doing what you're doing, let's say in the 70s, obviously you're not there, but mm-hmm. just from what you know, how the industry's grown, how how would it look? Would uh, distribution wise, like how would you reach the client? You couldn't use the same. Obviously, you didn't have the same technology, but or would the distribution be different? No the levels I, of structure and so forth. Uh, well, I think you're seeing a lot more direct to consumer, right? You're cutting out a lot of people in today's world. So, like, we had an opportunity earlier in this year. Um, no, excuse me, it's already it's only January. Um, it was about a month ago. So, right before Christmas, uh, I had an opportunity to send a tech pack to Nordstrom Rack, and they wanted me to put together some stuff for it's just to start out with simplified suits. We had to sell a very inexpensive suit. I think the price point we had to hit was around three hundred dollars. Okay. Um, um, you know, which we don't come anywhere close on right, that now. Right. And um, look, when you go to those big box stores, you don't have any control. You sign up because you want to leverage their name for the marketing, mm-hmm. the exposure, and all that stuff. Then you have buyback clauses. If you don't, if if that product doesn't land on the docks of Nordstrom Rack, or and and this isn't for them specifically. This is I just understand. the overall flow. Then you're penalized. Then you have to buy stuff back if it doesn't sell. Right. Um. So, but there's a lot of negotiation that can go in that. But when right. you're when you're a small player, you you yeah, don't yeah. have any oh, negotiation. They, they have the hammer. Yeah. So I think that's the 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 businesses are now having far more control of how they operate than they've ever had in the past and that's the beauty of this that's what's opening the opportunity for other people to come in smaller brands and smaller businesses mm-hmm. to really change the way things are going i think there's also a shift from a consumer psychological standpoint where they want to feel a part of a brand and they want to feel like they have more power because it's like everybody wants to be an influencer in today's world. Mm-hmm. If I could tag a clothing company, I can tag a and brand get a and get a response and right. they reshare that right. or they comment yeah. um, or, you know, or they, whatever it may be, that makes you feel. Well, you get a client forever if you do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's the engagement. People just want to be treated yeah, well. Absolutely. It's all it comes down to is just taking care of people. But I think that's the fun part for not even just clothing, but any product in today's world, you, you save X amount on margin by not having distribution somewhere else, and when you could go directly to that consumer, man, you're 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 in a great spot. Yeah, and it's I think the uh, social media I think exacerbated it, but I think it did start like in '95 ish with the with the web when the web started and that ability uh, that community communicative ability for everybody to be able to reach out and touch somebody at a different level potentially in the process that they could never reach before. Yeah. The process started to kind of like weather away, wither yep. away, and, and you, you, I saw it in the guitar thing, David, because you had these companies that had the, the manufacturer, then they had their dealer network, or they had distrib- distributor, then they had from there they had their dealer network, and then you had, to, and there was these rigid like um, controls put in place that if you're a consumer, you just couldn't call the big company and buy directly. Now, if I had they thought that through, <laughs> yep. they, there could have been a way to make it all work. Yeah, Keep sure. the dealer network, but also have a direct, but there was that stodgy way of doing American business, which I think is kind of like going away. Yeah. If it hasn't already. Well, I think too, if you look at some of the big stores like, um, you know, Blockbuster when they were around, Toys R Us was one of the most more recent ones that got wiped out. Right. Um, but like, look, if you don't change and you don't open your eyes to what's happening from a technology standpoint, from a societal standpoint, that's just with anything you're going to fail and it's more apparent than ever that you need to change the way you operate in today's world you just have to and you have to constantly be thinking and brainstorming on how can I be different what can I do to be different Um, how can I separate myself from the thousands of other clothing companies in the country in the world and all that other stuff and if you're not on top of being unique and be different then Good luck. You you may be okay and you may survive and have an average whatever, but if you mm-hmm. want to really take it to the next level and grow and um, put yourself in a different situation, you the ideas can never stop flowing. They won't always be good. 
I, I can tell you right now, I have some stupid, stupid ideas. Um, <laughs> and my business partners on the, Derek and Chris on the uh-huh. marketing side, you know, we, we work really well because Derek is completely opposite of me. Right. We butt heads a lot, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. but I need that. And then Chris is kind of the marriage between us. Got it. He's got the creative mind, so he understands where I'm coming from, but he also has the analytics side as well because of his background in the creative space. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Derek and I are good for one or two big, big conversations. Sometimes it gets a little dicey, um, but we're, we understand who we are and we always talk through it at the end. But if you don't have somebody throwing out crazy ideas and thinking truly outside the box to challenge everything else, we would have never sold masks as one of the first companies in the country to do that. That had to be a little surreal, right? I wanted to <laughs> here, not to dive into everything happening sure, with pharma that's, that's and all. That's what we that. do, man. Go ahead. <laughs> here is how I know there's other shit going on. When we sold our masks, we did about one point eight million dollars. Absolutely crazy, incredible. There was a point where I would wake up three in the morning just watching my phone. Ding, 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 ding. $9 at a time, $10 at a time, $50 at a time. I mean, one day we did $120,000 in sales in 24 hours. That is an addicting adrenaline. Mm-hmm. You know, we got shut down by Facebook. We got shut down by PayPal. They, PayPal held $90,000 of ours. We started seeing how these big companies have power. Then they started our, our return on investment, for, return on ad spend went from 10x to 8x to 7x to 5x to 2x. Obviously, more competitors sure. coming in. Sure. But Facebook shut us down five, six, ten times. So um, Interesting. I started seeing those things. But me, being the small entrepreneurial business person in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, at one point, I remember saying, I don't want people to get sick and I don't want people to die, but I hope these masks are around for a long time if this is going to continue. So I couldn't imagine if that were tens of millions of dollars or billions of dollars happening. It, human nature, man, is just, hey, we want more. We want more. Yeah. We want more. Yeah. And, um, you know, there was a time where I was like, man, like, I'm okay with this if this lasts another year or this lasts another two years. Let me make my money and then let me get out. Right. You know, and so we shut down pretty early because everybody else was popping up and doing different things. But that was a very big aha moment for me from a standpoint of like, all right, this shit is addicting. This shit is powerful. Um, But if I feel this way, what do these other people feel? Yeah, that's that's a good point. It's a really good point. It was it was it was the biggest adrenaline rush I've ever had in my professional career. I can imagine because because they were coming because the sales were coming so fast. It was uncontrollable for the first the first thirty to six the first first sixty days was was out of control, and then we went through the shutdowns, waiting for product to come in. We were getting harassed all the time because you know we didn't know how long it was going to take to get the masks in. It took three weeks instead of ten days. You know, then you get all these. Th- Hey, you're a piece of shit. You're a scammer. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So we had to go into ultra defensive mode and really strategize. And customer service is what we had to ramp up. Answer every question. Answer every call. Answer every comment. And explain our situation. Was there uh, problems with the manufacturer and the distribution because of COVID at that time, or had that, that that had not happened yet? No, there was. We we've not experienced any any issues on our manufacturing side at all through COVID. Thankfully, okay. Um, we're we're tucked away in a small town in Thailand, so we're we're in a really safe environment. Majority of it is all family that works at our place. Got it. Um, it's a really great facility that we have. Um, so that's never been an issue. Um, I don't know. I think... Um, our, so you're just not seeing distribution issues right we now? We have none. We, okay. You know, maybe a day or two longer in shipping, you know, okay. from... We fr- we air freight everything in, so we're not having right. the port issues. Right. Um, you know, so from our standpoint, the distribution was fine. The problem we ran into was I came up with the idea to sell masks on a Friday, and we launched 24 hours later on a Saturday without knowing how to manufacture. <laughs> we had... I just... I knew we would figure it out. We had no clue what to do. No clue. I knew there was a reason why I could relate to you. Yep. <laughs> I'm running by to see your pants. <laughs> I, I called, uh, I remember, and Chris always talks about this too. I, I called those guys on, it was a Friday at like two o'clock. I was like, hey, we need to have a conversation. And um, Chris pulled over on the side of the highway and he's pulling out his laptop. And he, this is where me and Derek butt heads. But this yeah. was the one time Derek was like, all right, 
let's give this a try right so they right. both him but and i don't build the websites i don't do that stuff so yeah. i knew those guys were in for a long night um but 24 hours we build a website designed everything set up the the the, the metrics for everything fix facebook pixeling the targeting the advertising um and then 12 o'clock noon the next day we launched uh we launched our mask business made one post it was shared about 110 times or something like that and the first day we did 52 or fifty-six thousand dollars in sales and we were like holy shit we don't know what's about to happen it was it was it was pretty wild and that was with no marketing no advertising so you designed this mask something you'd never designed before like so how did you know how did you know how it fit how how did you know what you wanted yeah so we um basically we the reason we we dove into this was because we had all this excess shirt material the rolls and bundles of shirts that we had already purchased and then you know i think april of 2020 we did in the suit business we did 1200 dollars in sales and i was like we're, we're fucked we're like we have to do something you know we went from six figures a month down to twelve hundred dollars yeah. uh which is a substantial drop Certainly. obviously um so at that point we're like all right we just got to figure it out so what we did was we worked with our, our our manufacturing um we we had a big massive call in that evening so that during the day we had a, a conversation with our partners and we said hey let's talk about this and then in the evening we brought our tailoring team involved we had a big zoom session on that and we just kind of strategized so they were cranking them out as we were on the call trying them on doing that other stuff to see the fit see the idea and we were still one of the only mask companies that kind of did a bridge in the center of the nose Mm -hmm. Um, and the way that it sat it actually kept the mask away from your face which was awesome so we we had a lot of accolades from the standpoint of these were the most comfortable masks we ever had and we made them three layer um, so the the test where you blow through it and you Mm -hmm. can't blow out a candle we hit all those things and at that point it was you know only wear N95 can't wear N95 wear this wear that so um, you know we we were kind of all over the place trying to figure out what route we can go but we knew we just had to put something out it was just it didn't matter because at that point we didn't know if you were going to die the minute you inhaled something it was terrifying for everybody yeah, the beginning was uh, the lack of information the lack of good credible information Correct. was just um and again and now now it comes down there's all this information now what's real and what's not real and then pick a side to, to, to right. the, the belief so the, the consumer is still vetting all that out but at that time it was pretty scary yeah I mean, even, I, even 30, 60 days in, you still didn't know, right? We Nobody really knew what was happening. Um, I remember traveling. I was um, the week before the shutdown. So March 13th, I think, was the Friday of 2020 where it shut down. Okay. The week before that Sunday night, uh, I was in um, Washington, D.C. for a WWE event. I was doing something for The Undertaker, I think, for his final send-off. The next night, I had to uh, fly to Los Angeles, so I had to do something at Capitol Records at a dinner in Los Angeles on a, on a Tuesday night, so I was there for a day and a half, two days. Then I flew from there to Miami, um, doing some stuff in Miami, and then Friday was the shutdown. So I was in three, three airports in three different parts of the country, um, and what was really kind of unique or surreal about that was the eeriness of it at that point. Um, now you travel in the airport, it's like nothing, nobody gives a shit. Right. But that, but like back then, um, man, you looking around at people as you walk by, like, stay the hell away from me. Like, does this person have this? Does this, per-? it was very like uh, terrifying in a, in a yeah. sense. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it played with your mind. Yeah. In the beginning. I mean, when you, let's go back there for a second. When, I remember hearing things about this something coming, you know, it was on its way here, but it's not really real until it's in your backyard. Absolutely, yeah. So I kept saying to myself, well, they might restrict a couple of things, you know, like um, the bird flu from, I guess, N1, H1, mm-hmm. or H1N1. H1N1. So I figured maybe there'll be pockets of this stuff, but in my head, I remember one evening just, you know, just sitting around going, there's just no way. Could you imagine if they actually shut down society? I mean, like, they just, they, that that's unfathomable. That can't be done. Right. This is America. I mean, maybe you can shut down, you know, I don't know, uh, some, some European na- block nation or something, but this is America. It's yeah. not going to happen. And it happened. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm still sitting here today looking back on it. Can't believe we talked off air a little bit. I cannot believe yeah. that that actually happened. They but, shut down society. But it was also like a half-assed shutdown, too, was the problem. You're still going to allow airlines to operate. You're still going to allow the big box stores to operate. That's where I had a really difficult oh, time with no accepting question. that. It was like, fuck off. I'm, I'm, you know, don't yeah. do that to us. 
Uh, well, the small business just took it on the chin for like you know, the mom and pop hardware store down the street from where we are couldn't open nope. to sell the same things that you know Walmart or Home Depot yep. were. That there's something intrinsically very disturbing about yeah. that. Look, if you wanna if you wanna shut everything down, shut everything down, <coughs> including the airlines, including the banks. Tell the banks, hey, there's no r- mortgage due, there's no credit card due. You pause this thing for thirty days. And wipe everything out at that. If that's the route you're going to go, do it the right way. Probably should have done. Don't pick and choose. I'm going to let. I, I get very fired up about this because I've seen friends. Be, look, I just went through five years of hell to get stable, um, to then see other businesses get wiped off the face of the earth purely because they just were in business the wrong time and depending on what dictator at that point was saying and what region Correct. hey you Correct. can or can't operate this way and i at that point i was traveling back and forth from florida every other week so in the morning i'd be in pittsburgh and i'd, I'd see for a couple of days and i'd see how pittsburgh operates next thing you know i'm in florida and not only is it a completely different world at that point but nothing was going on it was so. Cr- it was like it wasn't happening. People didn't give a shit about anything. Then yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah. It was so crazy to me. I mean, you go from Pittsburgh where there was nothing happening, then I'd go to Miami or Tampa or wherever it was, and then there's rush. There's traffic, and I'm like, traffic. I could get out to the airport in seven minutes from Mount Washington <laughs> now. How am I here sitting in rush hour traffic? This doesn't make sense. And that was kind of the aha moment. Was I? I was. F- that's why you know I get frustrated with certain people. Like two countries almost. It was two completely different lives, um, and that's the disappointing part. Is like I I firsthand got to see what was actually happening. I firsthand was living in two different worlds almost at the same time, mm-hmm. and 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 operating and operating. And you see, there were businesses thriving there, and then you come home sign on the door shut down sign we're not opening again it's just heartbreaking man because when you put your heart and soul into something and you really put every ounce of love and passion into building something and it mm-hmm. the situation is that you didn't do anything wrong to lose that's, yeah that's sad it's, it's sad and i don't like the word fair but you almost are inclined to say that is the, if you're going to use the word fair that's probably the most unfair circumstance yeah. for an entrepreneur when, it, when you're shut down and basically destroyed have absolutely no fault of your own yeah not even a bad it isn't because of your own bad decisions or own bad marketing choices you were shut down because of external forces yeah. and it was imposed it wasn't like it was a natural disaster where a tornado blew through yep. so to equate the tornado ravishing your building to the pandemic it's a different thing you were instructed by another human yep. that you cannot operate who knows nothing about your business who knows nothing about how you operate who knows nothing about how to run your business are saying that and then the, the bigger problem with that is when all this help quote starts coming in from the government and then central catholic gets two million dollars but there's the kids are still in tuition they're still paying their thing uh the the female call um high school whatever sarah catholic or whatever the um oakland catholic um they got 1.5 million or something like that la lakers got 20 million the pen where did the money go but also like it was so hard for every other business to get money and then they would run out of money like how does that work like who who's orchestrating this who's deciding this what what illogical idiot is making these decisions it's it's mind-blowing yeah it, it it also exposed something on the broader uh, point to me, and that was that we just don't have a plan to really work together as a country when there's a crisis. Like, we've never been attacked on our soil outside of Pearl Harbor, right? Uh, going back to the Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. Probably a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in terms of like, you know, we just did not, we failed. We failed at at working together to solve a problem because it was it was just pockets of dysfunction all around with no cohesive, cohesive correction. Yeah, yeah, very little guidance, very little help, very little um, empathy. Empathy is a great word. You know, I think that that was the problem with this. And look, we can dive into a million other things. And mm-hmm. our, I think our political system is whacked out of its mind. Yep. Um, and the way that they operate is such an old school mentality that hasn't changed in you know hundreds of Which years. Which makes being an entrepreneur and any entrepreneurial success, success even more impressive. If you can do it in America, there's a lot of opportunity. But there's also a lot of obstacles, which yeah. were very... Um, made aware during the pandemic. Yeah, this if if <clears throat> if you couldn't 
if you couldn't learn something through the last two years um, or better yourself in some capacity, um, you know, and you just let this happen for you for two years, I feel bad for you. Um, Which is a lot of America, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people use it as a, hey, this is my, either my time out or I can relax, which is fine. I did that for the first 10 days, yeah. um, you know, of, before we started doing what we were doing. Um, but there was so much opportunity to separate from people over the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's just bettering yourself as a person and picking up an instrument and learning something Absolutely. or taking a cooking class and bettering yourself from that capacity. It's not always about making money or building a business. It's A lot of it's about improving you as yourself as a person and uh, just wanting to become a better version of who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, Be a better mother, a better father, a better husband, yep. brother, boyfriend, whatever it may be. You, you, know, you had every opportunity to do that and um, I think so many people just as uh, lazy Americans or lazy people in general um, did not take advantage of that and I think this also opened up the eyes to a lot of people to see how how much control you can have of your own life if you are more of an entrepreneurial spirited person that um, there's a lot less competition than you realize I think that's the uh, interesting side that's a very good observation I would agree I felt that exact way 20 years ago and the web was new and I think it was being poo-pooed by a lot of people, especially oh, yeah, after traditional marketing people. But I said, <clears throat> if you have just a little bit of drive and a little bit of creativity, even in spite of your own ineptitude, if you keep working at it, you'll be a success. Yeah. I mean, which is, I don't know if that's, I don't know what that says, but oftentimes, would you not agree if you had the intestinal fortitude to gut it through, sometimes the actual work and the progress can even can even make a bad idea successful yeah i think look if you if you you could sell anything anything in america could be sold that's that's the world we live in exactly um you know and you hope that the things that are being sold push services product whatever it is are good there's value value credible uh or a true want to those right um so yeah, you could take a bad idea or a bad product and and you know brand it the right way, market it the right mm-hmm. way, and maybe it's good to you and just somebody else might find it worthless. But there's enough people that have enough of a uh, an eclectic or different uh, taste in product Absolutely. services that you could. There's enough people out there to really feed any product that you want to sell. That's the beauty of the, the world as well. I've always believed that Americans love custom things, like that look at me moment, all that. We've, we kind of touched on that before. And that, I built a guitar business from the idea that if they can get a chance to get something custom, even if it's at a lower price point, because at, at the lower price point, guitar players, David, never could get something custom. It was kind of just off the shelf. Right. We brought that custom small short run specialness to the small lower price point. That was our niche. And it worked. It, uh, it, it didn't seem like a very... Uh, hard idea to grasp once i got it 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 furthered my belief that americans truly maybe more than any other people on the planet in my from my optics really love that look at me moment something special they can get something special do you do you think we're still that way do you think you think we're still wired that way yeah, I think human <clears throat> beings are wired that way. Where like you all know, human beings, you don't think it's just a, it's an American phenomenon? No, I, I I would just guess human beings. And I think human beings are also the biggest piles of shit in the world <laughs> in, in reality. Because if you, if you look at it, can't argue that. Listen, if if you break it down, for, out of all creatures in the world, you look at animals. They they eat when they're hungry. Uh, they kill when they're scared or mm. protecting something. Outside of that, leave me alone. Yeah, human beings. Hey. Um, there's a snowstorm coming. Let me get every single piece of toilet paper I can get, or let me get for something in Pittsburgh. It's going to happen this weekend. Right? And that, that's the crazy thing is for Pittsburgh, what are you going to be held up at 24 hours? Do you need all those things, right? So I, I truly believe that, you know, we're as human beings, we're mammals, animals still, right? At the end of the day, we are groomed to be greedy. Yes. And we are groomed to take what isn't ours. You have to <clears throat> learn to share, right? As as look at kids that play. Yeah. That's my toy. That's my yeah. toy. That's my toy. Like, no, right. no, no. Share that with somebody else. Right. Those things are instilled in you throughout your life as you grow older. Mm-hmm. And hopefully. Ho- hopefully. And um, I've seen too many people that are, look at me, look at me. I'm going to screw somebody else over so I get that. 
I can tell you right now when I had the decision to start a mask business, I didn't have to include Derek and Chris in that, but we went 33% on on, on all of those because right. a, I wanted to help them and take care of them, but also I knew that if I wanted to take it as big as I could, I needed help. Absolutely. Um, and also, like, why wouldn't I want to share something with my close friends who I'm in business with of and course. all that other stuff? Of course. But I do just genuinely- There's power in that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Power, comfort, protection, all those things. But if you look at how as simplified as it is, there's a snowstorm coming. And we know in Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh uh, specifically how many snowstorms that we had that have lasted months. None. How many have we had that lasted weeks? None. With Blizzard of 92, 93. Yeah, it's the last one. It was a couple days. Yeah. And I think in 2008 or 2009, there was another one where we got two feet of snow or so. Yeah, I remember it well. 2009, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay, I get it. But Every what, three days, years. two days? <laughs> that was the extent of it? Yeah. And we hoard things? And like, we know that. So it isn't like we don't know correct. that. We ignore it. Yeah. <clears throat> I think I think what we're, we're going to run into at some point is, um, you know, there's obviously all these shortages of, of chicken and all this shit now, mm. and groceries are, are, are having issues, and the shelves are empty everywhere. You know, I think people are going to start having to get a little creative on the food side of things at some point. I mean, we always have shit food and junk food. Um, you know, it's easy to get some of those, but I, I do believe, because I, I was watching something the other day, China holds 60 or 70% of the grain um, the entire grain market in the entire world, um, right? So there's different. We eat too much grain, anyways. Right. Sorry. Yeah. I no. <laughs> I agree do. for sure. <laughs> so it's like there's look. Just look at the way human beings operate. Look at the way the world works. Yeah. Look at the look at what light has been shined the last two years of the pandemic. And pe- people need to change. I think so. You, do you think we got any hope? Do you think you, you're seeing any of that? Um, man, I think I think it's a broad question. Yeah, I think. Um, the hope is, or the 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 optimis, um, optimism of this situation is that, um, man, you get to control who's in your life, mm-hmm. right? So you get to weed out the people that don't. And there's enough people that are similar to you, me, yeah. or whoever it may be uh, yeah. in their own their own how they operate their world. There's yeah. enough people that will always be similar. I just weed people out. Just keep, get away from me if you if we if we look at life truly that different. I I don't have time. So that's a harsh. Um, that's a harsh thing for anyone to go through. I've gone through, and I think most entrepreneurs end up going through a form of that in some capacity. Did you think that's part of the journey, though? I mean, to me, I think that's a necessary part of the journey. If if your journey is based upon a goal of of success towards your goal, that's a necessary part. And it, I think it's a, an emotionally tormenting part of it. I, I've been there. But I think it's also necessary. Yeah, for sure. I, I um, you know, look, at there's two types of people in the world. One, the person that always wants to learn, the person that will live till 100, and that last day that they, last breath that they take, they're still trying to learn, mm-hmm. um, whether that's reading, whether that's talking to people, whether that's uh, trying to just investigate situations or, yeah. or theories. Yeah. Um, and then there's that other person that's like, hey, this is my life. This is how uh, I was born into this world. This is how I'm supposed to operate. And this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And then I'm going to stop doing this. And then at that point, this is the next phase of my life. And that's how it's going to go. Um, you know, for me, I just, I can't even watch a movie or, or something um, that's not beneficial. I, I, I lose interest right away. Yep. I watch podcasts. I listen to podcasts. I listen mm-hmm. to audio books. I watch. You know, it's I, called a fertile brain. Yeah. <laughs> I just, the minute I stop learning is the minute I stop growing. And, and I think that's with anybody. And, you know, I'm not who I was 10 years ago. Right. So naturally the people that I was associated with 10 years ago are distant from me now yeah. I still like them because I've always hung out with good people of course um, but I'll be honest with you I don't have a I'm not running to call them to go do anything anytime soon yeah it's and that's the hardest thing about uh, and no one tells you this when you're young right? right or when you start when you start an entrepreneurial journey it isn't just your pay arrangement and your day and day activities it change it's your sphere yeah no one tells you that. You have to kind of have to figure that out on your own. At least I had to. Yeah. And that's the, the what I'm hearing from you is you've got to – those are hard decisions to make, but, man, they're important. Yeah. If you – you know, look, if you don't – if you, there's nothing wrong with people um, that see life different. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. 
um, you have to make a decision as yourself. That's your life that you're living. We have one opportunity. Mm-hmm. We literally have one chance to operate this game of life that we're in. That we're aware of. <laughs> yeah, right. That we're, yeah, and I, yeah, I, I agree with you there. Who knows? I mean, um, who knows? But in in reality, what we control and what we know is what we know um, from a certainty standpoint. And once right. you take your last breath and it's over, right. your life's done. And I never wanted to be that person that said, "I wish I did this," or "I wish I did that," or "I should have did this." I've seen too many elderly people say that type of thought process and then you start realizing you know i just turned 36 and um in the fall and um you know now i'm like all right i'm getting up there not from a standpoint of anything other than like life is going fast Mm -hmm. and And um continues to go fast my friend yeah and and (laughs) i i don't want to i don't want to live with any form of regret in my life i just don't believe in that and um I also believe in as you change your circles, you change as a person and your wants and interests change. And the group of people that I have in my my life now, including you and, you know, the Rockos of the world. And I I get so energized talking to people like you guys because we share the same values. Mm -hmm. We share the same outlook on life. We just, we share a lot of- part of the journey is very similar between all of us, right? It's, it's, they're all- they're all different, but they're all the exact same, uh-huh. which is really from a mentality standpoint. No question. And I think that's what's so rewarding, and that's why, like, when I have a, a you know a Friday night or a Saturday night out, I'm not I don't I'm not going out to a bar to hang out, and like I want to go to a dinner and talk to somebody, exactly. or I just want to go sit somewhere and talk, or grab a cigar and talk to somebody. But um, see, that's funny. That's it, see, until you do it, you don't get it. But to most people, that's not the sexy way to enjoy their hard-earned Friday night. Yeah, and 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 again, it's not a negative thing. It's just until you, or unless you break through that, then change that mindset, then you won't understand the joy of what you just said. Yeah, going out to dinner and having that conversation yep. was well that as opposed to numbing yourself standing at a bar with a bottle of beer in your hand talking about bullshit that doesn't matter exactly and i you know i and look i don't do what you want to do it's your yeah, it's, it's not a lecture no it's 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 your life and i and if that's how you live your life man i just want you to be happy yep. and if that makes you happy then f- then do that all day long and for most people because most people do that there must be some kind of happiness going on you would think aggregately yeah. it has to be i mean i used to do, when i you know my early 20s mid 20s even to of course 27 28 um i was going out all the time i was partying i was drinking um you know i was in medical sales so it was like i do this come home weekend life was good life was easy it was great right. um but then i just changed and I just started looking at things a little bit differently, and I just had different wants and needs. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong with anybody that that wants different things than me. I, I, I a, I don't give a shit. Do what you want to do. It's not my life. I have no say in that. Right. I'm just expressing how my mind works um, in comparison to what a lot of other people are. Yeah. And, you know, I had a friend I was talking to the other day, and and she was saying something like, "Man, it's." It's th- it's Thursday. Can't wait till Friday, and you know, then I get to have a three day of this, and it's like, all right, like I wake up every day, and it's Saturday, mm-hmm. every single day, mm-hmm. and that's something that I've been able to build absolutely through a miserable, very difficult time frame. Miserably, well, you've paid a price for it, right? Yeah. yeah, and and I say miserable, I mean miserably amazing because I loved even the the shitty part of going through this. But um, yeah, it was not easy to get here by any means. Um, you know, and if I wanted to take three months off, I could take three months off at this point. I don't want to because then I would go crazy. But I wanna, I just wanna, I wanted to put myself in a position where. I can make my decisions. I can control my time. I want to start flying private at some point. Not because, hey, look at me, I'm flying private. Because I don't don't want to go to the airport two hours before, sit there, wait for someone else to say, get on the plane and go here and do this. No, no. I I want to get out of here at the time I want to get out of here. And I want to get to where I'm going at the time I want to get to where I'm going. And that's what I started really understanding, the value of time. That jet, friend. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're not there yet, but... um, um, you know, and I'll still fly commercial and all that other stuff at some point. But like, I just I from a mindset standpoint, well, time's money. Time is everything. Yeah, it's everything. The, well, really, it's the only thing. Yeah. If we, we just have to wrestle the money component out of the equation, yep, to understand the importance of time. Yep. And I only got that through age and experience. Yeah. Well, and you look at like the the tangible things we can buy and and this and that like. 
That is so stupid and doesn't matter. Now, there, I like nice shit. You like nice shit. Everybody, there's certain things you like and dislike. Derek and I always joke, like, he... He won't spend more than forty dollars on a pair of shoes on Amazon, and I'm like, dude, I would, I would never do that. But that's just we, we live differently. Of course. But I see a different value in certain things than him. Of course. So, and there's nothing wrong with the no. way he looks at it. There's nothing the way, wrong way I look at no. it. And again, it doesn't matter because it's my life and it's his life. So I don't give a shit what anybody else thinks of that. But the time that I have and the respect that I have for people's time, even to be here, you know, mm-hmm. um, hey, like I want to be here and, and I want to make sure I honor your time. And I didn't want to be late because I know you have other stuff going exactly. on. And um, nothing frustrates me more than when somebody's late for something and it happens. Mm-hmm. Be courteous, let somebody mm-hmm. know. But um, to cancel last minute or do different stuff like that, it's like, man, I, pl- I had this on my calendar for a reason now if something substantial happened i get it but my time is valuable and even what i said earlier was even if i just want to sit on my ass for an hour that's my time to do that not to waste it somewhere else yeah let me talk about um mentors have you had any mentors in this business are there mentors from afar are there designers that you admire for their journey their story or what you know of it talk about that yeah you know i when i started my what what really got me into the entrepreneurial mindset because i've always had the interest in doing things on the side i've always had side businesses that i I wanted to try to grow and that's taken me back to when i was in elementary school i always i hustled candy in in Mm -hmm. school Mm -hmm. high school i hustled different things and like um the the biggest thing for me was when I was in medical sales, I had a large territory. So there was always this windshield time of me driving from point A to point B that were usually hours, right? Um, I covered Pennsylvania, Western New York, West Virginia, and Ohio. So, you know, I'd wake up and drive three, four hours to start the week. Um, Sometimes I'd drive home that night and what happened was I got consumed with podcasts. And over time, I started realizing, okay, I don't have any mentors. But I do because I have direct access to successful people who are telling me their story and I can get in front of any person I want to get in front of. Right on. Didn't matter who it was, didn't matter how hard it was to talk to them. I was able to have a conversation with them without having a conversation with them. And then I started realizing that over time it was like this person or business man, business woman did it this way. Okay. Next person, they did it this way. Okay. Next person did it this way. Their story is all the same. They, they tried, they started, they gave it an opportunity, they risked everything, they didn't quit, they worked seven days a week for 15, 17 hours a day for years. Right. That wasn't luck that they were successful, that was the will to accomplish something. So then I, you know, for three years or four years, I was listening to podcast after podcast and that made me more motivated, that pushed me harder, that pushed me further. And even till this day, I don't really have any mentors. Um, I have f- friends and people that I respect, and I have friends and people that um, I, wa- I want to take advice from and listen to them, but I don't listen to anybody. I hear what they have to say, I let it sit and digest, and then I ignore what they told me because it's not their world, it's my world. They truly don't know the day-to-day mm-hmm. of what I experience mm-hmm. or what I live. They truly don't know the decisions that I have to make, and they also don't have the pain or the understanding to make that exact decision because they're not sitting in my shoes. Correct. And I never worked for anybody in my entire life that I thought should have been my boss or, or leading the ship. I never had that. Not didn't matter that's who it was. That's a shame. That's a shame. But I, I think that's also... Um, it's motivating, I'm sure, too. Well, yeah, I, and I don't mean that disrespectfully yeah. because, you know, I, I my, my, my really great... Um, the person that changed my life the most was probably my, my buddy Sam, who's probably five or six years older than I am. He was the one that brought me into the medical world from uh, when I started selling high-end medical equipment, and he gave me an opportunity to work for him. That changed my life, and he was really good. He was a top rep, top manager, all that stuff, company guy. But I still was like, yeah, I could do better than him. That was always my mindset. So mm-hmm. he was a great person and mm-hmm. he would lead a lot of great people. So it was more along the lines of that type of mentality. And okay. I just always felt like, eh, I, okay, I, I see you're doing this, you're leading yeah. me, but I could do that. So, so the production results of others were never intimidating to you? Never. Now, the, the one big wow factor in my life was when the first, I went to a conference in Orlando in 2000 and it had to be like 2013 uh, when I started this job I'm talking about. And I went to a conference and um, I met the entire team um, 
at an ophthalmology conference. So it was our biggest conference of the year. Some of the best sales reps, best surgeons, all that stuff were all there. And I walk into this room and there was an aura about everybody that I worked with. You know, you guys making a million bucks a year, selling medical equipment, 500,000 a year. And I just came from the world of making 90,000, 100,000. So it was like, holy shit, this is a whole different caliber of person. That was a, that was a pretty like, all right, I'm proud to be here type mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. But even then, it still wasn't like, I was like, all right, that dude just has a little bit more experience than me. He's been here 10 years. I'll be there, so it's no big deal. Um, So I never really had a mentor from any standpoint at all in my life. Um, My dad would be, I would say, he Mm -hmm. would be um, my biggest mentor from a standpoint of like, and my mom, but building the foundation of who you are as a person, building the foundation of who you are as a man, how you're supposed to operate in society. Hey, if if you're out to a restaurant, you know, and I'm sitting down and you're in a lobby and waiting to get seated and there's an elderly lady, stand up. If there's a woman there, stand up, let that person sit. Yeah, I used to take the trolley in from uh, when I started in, in college. I was at Federated Investors when I was like 22, 23, and I was the first stop on the trolley when I lived at home. And by the time, even though I would get on first, by the time I got to, to downtown Pittsburgh, I was always standing because I always gave my seat up. Right. When I was a kid, I wasn't allowed to have a hat on at the dinner table mm-hmm. when we went out to a restaurant. Mm-hmm. No. When I was a kid, I had to have a napkin on my lap all the time. When I was a kid, I always had to have a handkerchief in my back pocket all the time. Didn't matter what. I hated it. Hated it. It was like I had, you know, whatever. All, and it was, I hated every aspect of it. But my dad never stopped pushing the pedal on, hey, these are things that you're supposed to do. And um, I think from a foundational standpoint, I was so fortunate to be surrounded by that type of guidance um, because with that type of guidance comes that type of respect and it allows you to treat people the right way that they should be treated as well and um, look if you if you're if you give up your seat for somebody else there that there's no other gesture in that time frame that is the ultimate respect for 100%. another person on in that world that you're living in at that time 100% and those are simple things that everybody can do yeah, we just this does. I call that civility, and I call that the nicety. Yeah, and um, I also call that some of the more particular things, the male female thing. I call it chivalry, and I still believe there's a place for that in society. Yeah, I I have for the last my entire life, I've never not opened the car door for somebody I'm dating. I've mm-hmm. never not opened up the car door for somebody I take out on a date, hang out with, whatever friend, sister mm-hmm. doesn't mm-hmm. matter. If a, if a female is with me, mm-hmm. I will open up your car door. And it's little stuff like that. And I'm, I'm at a point when I drive around and I see someone, I'll drop the window down and say, hey, that was that was awesome. Like, cool, kudos to you for doing that. It's so rare, though. It's so rare. It's crazy. It's so crazy to yeah, see. Yeah, it's, it's it, just the thing about opening a door for a woman. I mean, that was almost, um, I remember being a young person and had my first corporate job in the 80s. And just, you know, 99% of the time it was always oh very appreciative and then yeah. once in a while you get that one, that one one female liberal person who made it said that I can get my own door yeah yeah <laughs> realize you're not in Kansas anymore Eric <laughs> yeah but and the thing is yeah. it's like that mindset okay, though. I mean, it's fine but yeah. at the end of the day like you're tr- you're just being respectful to another human yeah it had nothing to do with sex it was, yeah. it was this is what I was I was told yep. by my elders that this was an appropriate way to act and conduct yourself. And it was just, it gave you obviously a nice feeling to be able to be nice to somebody. Yeah. But there must be something going on there. And I realized that as a younger person, that if you just do the things that the rest of society is letting ebb away, it kind of cuts a, your own path. Yeah. Well, well, even like when I was, you know, 15, 16, 17, even like before, right before I started driving, if I would take a, a, you know, a high school date out or whatever, and we'd go to the movies and my parents at that time, had to drive you, right? I, my dad always made me get out of the car, go to the front door, knock on the door, have the girl come out when we were driving that and then when I got into you know, started driving and everything, that was a stable. Like you, you go and you, you. We're not, we're not rolling up on the cul-de-sac and beeping the horn yeah. and saying, come on out. <laughs> yeah, and, and what's, what's really weird for me in today's world, which I get it because safety and all the other things now with the online yeah, dating and everything, yeah, yeah. Um, what's, what's changed a lot is like, no, no, I'll just meet you there. And like sometimes I'll, I'll and I don't date much, but if I, if I do, I'll ask them, do you want me to just pick you up and we'll go somewhere? Um, and some people are weirded out by that, which sure. is like, I get it, you know? Yeah, um, yeah it's kind of sad in a way, though, because yeah. there was something 
thought life was a little more innocent, perceived to be possibly for sure back then. Anyways, yeah, and I get it. There's a lot of weirdos now that have a lot more access to people and yeah, um, you know, with social media and all that stuff. Yeah. I know women get harassed, obviously, and there's fun. It's funny when you watch comments and guys are just commenting, commenting, comment. It's like, all right, settle down, buddy. <laughs> um, but it just shows you how different the world is now than it was before. Yeah, no, no question. Uh, one more question. In regards to um, your industry, how much do you pay attention to the competition? Not at all. I I was really fascinated Not about that. One, I didn't think so. I don't care what anybody I, else is I doing, man. I didn't think so. I, I, when I say, now let me ask you this. Does that go beyond the numbers? What about just the creativity part of it? You don't even see any of that? No, because what I'll do is like, um, like, I'll follow people that I like their style. Okay. So Steve Harvey, for instance, okay. one of my favorite human beings, yeah. just from his story, his upbringing, his no background, doubt. his growth, no the way he carries himself. Everything I said about how my dad pushed me in that position was the same way, it, in my opinion, that, that right Steve on. Harvey kind of operates. Right on. So there are people that I naturally gravitate from a standpoint of who they are, and sometimes that person that I gravitate of who they are also has really great style and taste. So there are times where I'll look at someone's outfit and I'll be like, oh, this is cool. Um, but from a true, do I follow you know, the Tom Fords of the world? Do I pay mm-hmm. attention to those types of people? I'll, I'll, I'll pay attention every now and again if their name pops up and just click and look at something. Um, but no, I just their what they do in their life and what they've done in their life will not impact me. So again, this goes back to me never working for anybody that I ever thought should have been my boss is the same situation from the standpoint of how my this is just how my mind works. There's nobody out there that, in my opinion, has a better taste of style than I do because it's my world and I'm styling for myself. So why do I want to look at someone else and try to like have mimic what they're doing? No, I want to I want to create my own look and I want to create my own sense of path of, of what direction I want to go. Now, if I see something I like, I may, t- you know, anything creative has been created before. You may take an idea and tweak it a little bit or mm-hmm. change it or you take some influence mm-hmm. from that. But I, I don't. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm, I don't care about my competitors in Pittsburgh. I don't, you know, I know some of the names of the people, okay. but at the end of the day, I didn't even know that you had any in Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> a couple that have been around for a long time. They're just old school. Yeah, um, yeah, and I yeah. just genuinely, I don't care what they're doing. I have no interest in what they're doing. Zero. Yeah. No, I, I totally, I totally get that. I was just wondering because it's a, such <laughs> a, a very visual um, field that you're in. I didn't know if it was, and, and we're obviously in a very visual virtual world. And I didn't know if you just said, Hey, this is a trend happening here. Here's the trend over here. How can I mesh this? Do you have ideas that wake up at night? Yeah, I mean every every night. I mean I, I have a I'm right next a to sketch my sketchpad or something. No, I just my phone. I'm always waking up, putting some notes in there, doing things of that nature. Um, late, I'm at a spot where like I I just I love 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 my late late nights. I just love it. I it's the the sense of calm. It's the eeriness of like, this is 12 o'clock, one o'clock, two o'clock on a Tuesday and I'm up working or I'm up just sitting there watching a podcast or thinking. What I'm trying to right now do is shift to bring that to the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did Good that. luck. I've tried for decades. It's hard, man. <laughs> I'm a night person as well. It's hard because I love the night so much. But also, I I've, I did last year switch for about a three to four month window where I was getting up at four forty five five o'clock and Just power there. It, it's it's that's the mental discipline that yeah. sometimes I like to exercise yeah. just yeah. to challenge myself. Right on. Um, harder in the winter and all the other shit that we're going through now. Um, in summer makes it just that much easier. But I just there's a different type of feeling in the morning. Um, there's a different type of creativity in the morning. Um, the sense that hey, there are people still sleeping in right now. Um, that I'm getting a leg up on them and everything else but um yeah it's just weird some some days i'm up late some days i'm up early and i try to kind of shift those things but um i'm my mind never shuts off ever like i just it just it i i enjoy that um and there there's one of my friends like um we've hung out a handful of times the last couple months we'll go grab lunch grab dinner catch up coffee whatever and she's always saying to me like oh you have your creative i could see it in your eyes you're thinking because i'll just start 
you know looking around and like my mind starts going into that hyper creative mode um uh-huh. and sometimes again like i said i get some some out of control ideas that are just pretty wild but i right. still believe i can execute them right um and then there's sometimes it's just like hey i just got to do this task tomorrow or i got to do this or i got to do that okay um so the ideas that randomly pop into my mind aren't necessarily just a creative they're how do i move the business forward or what can i do that's better in my life or for the business uh where do you stand with the ready-made well, yeah, part of so, your business? So we pumped the brakes on that still. Um, we did that during COVID. Um, it's just kind of, uh, hey, we got to figure something out. But we're so busy with the other side of things, and I'm trying to scale and grow the business that way. We haven't really done anything. Um, we're probably going to pull that here soon from our website, um, which we need to actually. Um, and we're going to re- re- um, do another. Just br- do pure custom? Pure custom. I'm going to start doing some drops. So where, I have a collector's item, man. Yeah. I got two. Yeah, no, for real. I appreciate that. It's on, man. Of course, man. Um, of we're we're going to start That do- material, man. I don't know where you found that material. It's but good that's, stuff, right? Oh, yeah. We're, yeah. we're at a point yeah. where we're going to start trying to change the way we operate a little bit, meaning... I want to offer higher end stuff um, that's not the price of custom, um, but the quality of custom okay. and the materials that we use in custom. And I want to start doing like quarterly or monthly drops of product. So we may say, hey, for uh, for March we're going to do bomber uh, fifty of these bomber jackets, a hundred of these bomber jackets. Sell those out. We're not going to make those again, and kind of create some unique stuff from that standpoint. Um, okay, that's kind of a big trend that's happening in fashion now is like these product drops, and is it kind of creates. It's a community. That, that's funny you said that. There was a company called Supreme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think huge, that yeah. my kids were like wanting to get this. They stuff do a lot there. of stuff like that. And, they were, and there's a drop here, Dad. And I didn't know what the hell that we talking yeah. about. I gotta get in real quick. It creates the urgency. It's a, a very unique marketing idea. It's a different way to create more of a culture behind your brand. Um, I have a good buddy that makes. Um, he does uh, custom shoes, sneakers, mm-hmm. and then he also hand paints cleats and sneakers for athletes and whatnot. And uh, he does. He started doing his drops recently, where he makes one shoe. I think every other month or every quarter or whatever it is. And he does. He's built a huge following yeah, for himself. Great. Yeah, and, it's loyalty. Yeah, and it. And it, again, it's like the fear of missing out on something. Yeah, and it's a, it's it's the uh, psychology of the American buying public, and that, it feeds into that custom thing, that unique thing. Yeah, that, that that's quote unquote acquiring something that's special that has meaning because there's not that many of them out right. there. It, it could be clothing, it could be guitar, whatever it is. There's that's that's out there, and yeah. the tapping to that is big. But it, it didn't seem like a, the American business really wanted to do that on a big scale up until probably the web. Yeah, it's just changing a lot. Look at and even if you look at like these NFTs that are popping up now, um, mm-hmm. you know that's the they're built on hype right now. The majority of them are going to fail, like the vast majority. Oh, yeah. um, the maju- majority of are, are scams, or they fail right out of the gate. You know, they launch and then a week later their value is like nothing. So a lot of people have to be careful with that but because there was so much success really 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 early on where you could buy an nft for 500 bucks and it's now 400,000 300,000 right like that rush is probably gone for the most part there will still be the handful of ones that mm-hmm. make it um, but it's the, it's the that the nfts are businesses essentially if if you really look at them right. there's Agreed. a purpose a mission all that other stuff behind that you know we're we're going to get into that space at some point we're not there yet um, but i have some really ideas on um, us to create a, a, a culture around our brand a little bit more um, where we're going to start doing those pro- those types of projects yeah. um, at some point you know we're not ready yet I'm, I'm kind of studying and, and, and investigating how these things are happening and what's happening now I want to build more of a following as well before we get things going I want to get a little bit more um, savvy on the marketing side before we start incorporating these things setting up some automation uh, but I have some ideas on how I want to execute this and I do think we could do a, a hell of a job with them my friend, I really appreciate you giving me time. Yeah, and, of course. Uh, and in person, I want to say it here. I really appreciate the work uh, that your team, uh, DBM, uh, Derek, and Chris, awesome. and yourself. I, I, I it's, um, I'm excited what they're doing for yeah. my branding and everything else too. But uh, more than anything, I appreciate the friendship. Yeah, dude, thank you. I, as I've gotten older, man, I've, I've. I respect people, and I've always respected people. But the the personal relationship I've been able to build through this business with guys like you has mm-hmm. been awesome. And um, I appreciate you and all you you're doing. And, My and pleasure. I love people that work hard. Man, there's not a there's not a replacement or a substitute nope. for that. Never will be. And then if you, you just keep you know keep doing your thing, it's it's cool to watch. So I, you give me some motivation as well. So I appreciate you. Likewise. All right, talk to you soon. Awesome. Man. Anytime. Right.
All right, friends, we're out.